Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 12, The Search for the Wicked Witch. Part 1. The soldier with the green whiskers led them through the streets of the Emerald City until they reached the room where the guardian of the gates lived. This officer unlocked their spectacles to put them back in his great box, and then he politely opened the gate for our friends. "'Which road leads to the Wicked Witch of the West?' asked Dorothy. "'There is no road,' answered the guardian of the gates. "'No one ever wishes to go that way.' "'How, then, are we to find her?' inquired the girl. "'That will be easy,' replied the man." "'For when she knows you are in the country of the Winkies, she will find you, and make you all her slaves.' "'Perhaps not,' said the Scarecrow, "'for we mean to destroy her.' "'Oh, that is different,' said the Guardian of the Gates. "'No one has ever destroyed her before, so I naturally thought she would make slaves of you as she has of the rest. But take care, for she is wicked and fierce, and may not allow you to destroy her. Keep to the west where the sun sets, and you cannot fail to find her.' They thanked him and bade him good-bye and turned toward the west, walking over fields of soft grass dotted here and there with daisies and buttercups. Dorothy still wore the pretty silk dress she had put on in the palace, but now, to her surprise, she found it was no longer green but pure white. The ribbon around Toto's neck had also lost its green color, and was as white as Dorothy's dress. The Emerald City was soon left far behind, as they advanced the ground became rougher and hillier, for there were no farms nor houses in this country of the west, and the ground was untilled. In the afternoon the sun shone hot in their faces, for there were no trees to offer them shade, so that before night Dorothy and Toto and the lion were tired, and lay down upon the grass and fell asleep with the woodman and the scarecrow keeping watch. Now the wicked witch of the west had but one eye, yet that was as powerful as a telescope, and could see everywhere. So as she sat in the door of her castle she happened to look around, and saw Dorothy lying asleep with her friends all about her. They were a long distance off, but the Wicked Witch was angry to find them in her country, so she blew upon a silver whistle that hung around her neck. At once there came running to her from all directions a pack of great wolves. They had long legs and fierce eyes and sharp teeth. "'Go to those people,' said the witch, "'and tear them to pieces.' "'Are you not going to make them your slaves?' asked the leader of the wolves. "'No,' she answered. One is of tin, and one is of straw, and one is a girl, and another a lion. None of them is fit to work, so you may tear them into small pieces. Very well, said the wolf, and he dashed away at full speed, followed by the others. It was lucky the scarecrow and the woodman were wide awake and heard the wolves coming. This is my fight, said the woodman, so get behind me and I will meet them as they come. He seized his axe, which he had made very sharp, and as the leader of the wolves came on, the tin woodman swung his arm and chopped the wolf's head from its body, so that it immediately died. As soon as he could raise his axe, another wolf came up, and also fell under the sharp edge of the tin woodman's weapon. There were forty wolves, and forty times a wolf was killed, so that at last they all lay dead in a heap before the woodman. Then he put down his axe and sat beside the scarecrow, who said, "'It was a good fight, friend.' They waited until Dorothy awoke the next morning. The little girl was quite frightened when she saw the great pile of shaggy wolves, but the tin woodman told her all. She thanked him for saving them and sat down to breakfast, after which they started again upon their journey. 
Now this same morning the wicked witch came to the door of her castle and looked out with her one eye that could see far off. She saw all her wolves lying dead and the strangers still traveling through her country. This made her angrier than before, and she blew her silver whistle twice. Straight away a great flock of wild crows came flying toward her, enough to darken the sky. And the wicked witch said to the king crow, "'Fly at once to the strangers, peck out their eyes, and tear them to pieces!' The wild crows flew in one great flock toward Dorothy and her companions. When the little girl saw them coming, she was afraid. But the scarecrow said, "'This is my battle, so lie down beside me, and you will not be harmed.' So they all lay upon the ground except the scarecrow, and he stood up and stretched out his arms. And when the crows saw him, they were frightened, as these birds always are by scarecrows, and did not dare to come any nearer. But the king crow said, "'It is only a stuffed man! I will peck his eyes out!' The king crow flew at the scarecrow, who caught it by the head and twisted its neck until it died. And then another crow flew at him, and the scarecrow twisted its neck also. There were forty crows, and forty times the scarecrow twisted a neck, until at last all were lying dead beside him. Then he called his companions to rise, and again they went on their journey. When the wicked witch looked out again and saw all her crows lying in a heap, she got into a terrible rage, and blew three times upon her silver whistle. Forthwith there was heard a great buzzing in the air, and a swarm of black bees came flying toward her. "'Go to the strangers and sting them to death!' commanded the witch, and the bees turned and flew rapidly until they came to where Dorothy and her friends were walking. But the woodman had seen them coming, and the scarecrow had decided what to do. "'Take out my straw and scatter it over the little girl and the dog and the lion,' he said to the woodman, "'and the bees cannot sting them.' This the woodman did. And as Dorothy lay close beside the lion and held Toto in her arms, the straw covered them entirely. The bees came and found no one but the woodman to sting, so they flew at him and broke off all their stings against the tin, without hurting the woodman at all, and as bees cannot live when their stings are broken, that was the end of the black bees, and they lay scattered thick about the woodman, like little heaps of fine coal. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires, and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.